0: Two weeks ago I spoke from the book of Joshua and I talked a little bit about the Israelites taking their inheritance and the word that God gave Joshua was be strong and courageous to inherit the land and we talked a little bit about that. Then last week Dave and I were both fighting bugs and Dave had hardly any voice so we both prepared a message just in case. And then Dave was able to speak. And then it was interesting to me that what he spoke on resonated and fitted again with the second part of what I was going to share. I want to talk to you again about being strong and courageous and about pressing into all that God's got for us. And I think this morning it's important to begin with thinking about, you know, what's our motive? Why why is it important to us? Why is it important that we are being strong and courageous and going for everything God's got for us? You know, we as church have a vision, to, and, and we have a, a promise, and we have words spoken over us that there are many thousands in this city that God has many thousands of people He wants to re- wants to reach. And I just want to share with you a little bit of an opportunity I had a couple of weeks ago when I went um, I went to see my sister in Derby for the first time. Um, since I'd been ill I was able to go on the trains which was um, very nice to get back on the trains and go down the journey and um, I was very excited about going so I was kind of full of life and excited and I was as I got on the train I thought okay God perhaps we can have an adventure while I'm going maybe I can have a bit of an adventure on this journey so I sit down and um, the train feels very quickly and there's a guy that comes to sit next to me and I said, OK, God, is there anything you want to tell me about this man that sits next to me? Now, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to learn to hear what God's saying, learning to hear from the prophetic, to hear what God's saying and learning how to share. And, you know, my heart is so longing and to, to have opportunities to bring people to Jesus. And I know many of us here would love those opportunities to share the gospel. Um, so I, I kind of said, OK, God, what's, 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 what do you want to tell me about this guy sitting next to me? Um, and there's a young black African man, about 26, sitting next to me. Um, and I just get this thought, he loves football. And I'm like, guess okay, kind of, okay, there's a lot of men that love football. Kind of look at his clothes to see if there's any clue of football gear or anything like that. Or none whatsoever. Um, and I'm beginning to think over, God, what is it you want to tell me about this? And then it dropped in my heart that I felt that God wanted to say to him, I want to give you as much joy in your workplace as you have playing football. Um, so I was like, okay. Let's go for this then. So I spoke to this guy and i say, so this might be a bit of a strange question, I said, but do you like football? And it's like, well, I don't really watch football. And I'm thinking, mm, <laughs> I've got it wrong. <laughs> and he's like, but I used to play football all the time. He says, I love playing football. It's a real passion of mine. He said, I don't have time at the minute because of work pressures and everything else. But... I really love playing football. So of course, then I'm really excited. It's brought in work. I feel it's like, okay, God's confirming here what, what he wants to say. And so I said, I just really felt in my heart that I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And I felt like God said to me that just as much as you love football and the joy that you get playing football, that's the same joy God wants to give you in your work situation, in your workplace. And he looks at me quite gone out, which you, you know, I'm not surprised at that. He's talking to some stranger and bringing up something like that. But he says to me, he says, my work is a big problem for me at the minute. I'm really unhappy in my workplace. Um, he said, I've, I've got a job and I've been, um, I'm doing really well. Somebody new came into the job and I taught them everything. And that person's just been promoted above me. And he says, I'm just really frustrated and don't know what to do. I said, well, I just want to tell you that God's on your case and he's very interested. And as I'm saying this the word wife drops in my mind and I get a bit scared here because I'm sitting on a train talking <laughs> to a, a man as a single lady and I'm thinking this is a bit out the comfort zone here, this is a bit kind of, but as he, as he was sharing, he began to share the circumstances in his work, it just, the feeling just got stronger and stronger and I just said to him, I said look, I said again, I said I really believe God's got his hand on your work situation, I really believe he wants to show you and give you joy and I said I also feel he's got, he says he's got the situation, he's got got it sorted regarding your wife. And he looks very gone out at me that moment. And for a moment, I was a little bit scared because I'm sitting on the inside of a train seat next to a man, single lady, thinking, what on earth am I doing here kind of thing? And he goes, I can't share with you the details because we're in a public place. He says, but the two issues that are really going on in my life at the minute are my work situation and situation regarding... A relationship right now that's going on so I was able to say to him I said I said what God's dropped in my heart I said is that God's goodness that he wants to speak to you and minister into your life and then he opens up and he says actually he says I'm a backslider he says I, I go to church but I have times when I don't go and I've not really been going to church recently I've got caught up with life I've got caught up with work and I said to him if you had a young son and he was on this train and he ran down the middle of this tr- the, the tr- between the seats and he was running off what would you do? You'd go running after him and you'd pick him up and you'd put him in your arms. And I said, the message that I believe God's given me this morning is God saying to you, I am your father and he's calling you home and he's calling you to himself. What an opportunity. OK, I don't, I'm not sharing that so everyone goes, oh, wow, Jane, that's amazing. OK, <laughs> that's not at all my heart. But there are so many people like that young man. OK, young man called Raphael. He did ask where we meet. So he may turn up here in the next few weeks. So we pray for Raphael that he encounters God's goodness everywhere he goes and that he responds to the heart of God. Yes, this is our why. This is our why of what we're, do- what we're, what we're doing, what we want to pursue being bold and courageous, because there are thousands of God's children waiting to be called home. There are thousands out there, some backsliders, some prodigals waiting to be restored. Some never yet discovered the goodness of God that we've heard so much about this morning, never yet tasted that goodness, and struggling in their lives falling into those potholes because they don't know the promises and the goodness of God spoken into their lives. And this is why you and I are called to, to make a difference. Um, and the other thing I want to share as well as I read, is, if you want to turn your Bibles to Ephesians 6... And we're going to look from verse 10. You know, I think yesterday when I was, um, sometimes I don't know about you guys, but it's quite cool nowadays when you want to spend a bit of time worshipping. If you've got YouTube and you can find a good YouTube clip and you can worship along with a group of people that you're not there with, but you can have your own fantastic worship time with live worship music in the middle of your living room, which is brilliant. And I was worshipping something yesterday and they had a, a projector screen, big projector screen like this up, and it had some words on it. And it said... The war on inactivity has begun. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And it really fits again with what what I've got to say this morning. Because God wants us to be inactive people. God wants us to be reaching out. Dave's message last week about managing the what-ifs is about overcoming those what-ifs so that we can get out there and we can do everything God's called us to do so that we can be salt and light in our town and in our nation. And the message I have this morning about being strong and courageous and having ready feet is about overcoming inactivity. It's about a war on in inactivity and saying yes. It is time for us to overcome those things that would hold us back. It is time for us as believers to step out more and more. I know many of you are stepping out. I know many of you are taking courageous steps and have got stories like the story I just shared where God's using you. And God wants to do it more and more and more because there's a harvest out there for you and me to reach and to be part of. So if you can turn, we're going to read from Ephesians 6, verse 10 onwards. I'm not going to be overly long this morning. This is a great scripture because it pretty much speaks for itself. There's so much truth in this word and so much that we can take hold of as we read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and that after, you've done everything to, to, and after that you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the saints. Okay, I'm gonna give somebody this because I feel like I can't multitask, <laughs> and the slides are slightly in the wrong order. So <laughs> I give you a challenge, Dave, to follow me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. So, first of all, I think one of the first things that really struck to me as I was reading this, I was like, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. It is not our power, our strength and our striving. It is his strength that he wants to impart to us and release to us. It is in his strength that we take these steps and we walk in obedience to him. And it says, put on the full armour of God. And as I go through the different p- elements of the armour of God, which is the bit that I've got in slightly the wrong order uh, <laughs> this morning, I want you to think about and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit if there's anywhere that your armour is perhaps a little bit off-kilter. Maybe there's a part of the armour you've got on and you're like, yeah, I've got the breastplate of righteousness on, but maybe you're not wielding the sword of the Spirit this morning. And I want you to just to be responsive to the Holy Spirit as it speaks to you and reminds you of these truths, because God has equipped us with absolutely everything we need to live this life. God has given us all that we need so that we can stand. I know that some some of you here are going through great difficulties and trials at the moment, and we can go through these difficult times, and God has given us everything we need to stand strong and to stand firm. And he has equipped us. So I'm praying this morning that as I share this, that he reminds you of his truth and that as you recognise the things that you need to be applying, because we participate, God has already given us it, but we put it on this morning. We want to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We want to put on the helmet of salvation and I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I'm going to stop there. (laughs) But we want to put on the the armour that God has equipped us with. So, it says, put on the full armour. Okay, we've got, go for the first one. Oh, (laughs) The belt of truth. So, put on the belt of truth. You know, the enemy's number one weapon is lies. He feeds us lies in our mind that cause us to fear, that cause us to doubt. He feeds us lies about our identity, about who we think we are. And he seeks to attack our mind with lies. And actually, the truth of God will help you overcome those lies. And actually, we need to hold the truth. Sometimes we wrestle, don't we, with thoughts. I'm not this. I'm not that. Or this situation is impossible. This situation is too hard. Okay, I want to encourage you this morning. Take hold of the belt of truth and wrap it round your waist. The truth is that God is more than able to meet every need. The truth is that nothing is impossible with God. The truth is you are his beloved son and daughter this morning that he delights in you, that he treasures you, that he is more than enough for everything that you are, ge- you are facing and every challenge you will face. The one thing I liked about this when I was looking at these images is I never really realized, I just thought about it as a belt, but I never really realized the implications of how the, the Roman belt actually had bits. <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> I just say that appropriately. <laughs> has dangly wrists. (laughs) And those... (laughs) Yes, I'm getting myself in the mud all this morning. Digging myself a great big hole, but hey, there's goodness in this hole. (laughs) Okay. But what do you notice? Men will particularly perhaps be aware of this. There is protection in the most vulnerable place. (laughs) Okay? There is protection for you. And when you feel vulnerable, the place you need to go is to the belt of truth. When you feel the battle in your mind telling you you're not capable, you're not strong enough, I want to encourage you, what is the word of God? What is the truth that overcomes that lie? Because it's the belt of truth that is your strength. It's right in the core of you, giving you strength and protecting you. Okay, let's swiftly move on from that picture. (laughs) Okay, breastplate of righteousness. Um, I'm going to follow the slides rather than my notes, so we might go a bit backwards and forwards, it'd be easy that way. Okay, so the breastplate of righteousness. I want to remind you this morning that your breastplate of righteousness is not created by your strivings and your efforts. Your breastplate of righteousness is not formed by how good you've lived this week and whether you've managed not to slip and not to make mistakes and whether you've managed to hold things in the way that you want to. We know our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ this morning. Our righteousness was a gift. Your breastplate is a gift from Jesus this morning. And it's a gift that you can put on because he has made you righteous. It's not from your efforts. It's not from your strivings. It's not from you trying to make yourself righteous. But he has made you righteous. So again, this morning, if the enemy's been telling you you're not good enough, If the enemy's been telling you, you've got to get your life cleaned up a bit more before you can live to please God, you've got to give, you know, if you're going to feel God's love, you've got to do these things, you've got to try harder, you've got to get it all right, I want to remind you this morning that Jesus has gifted you his righteousness. We've celebrated it as we took communion this morning. He has paid the price. He paid the penalty for our sin and he has wiped away sin. He has wiped away the power of sin over you. And this morning, he wants you to wear that breastplate of, right, breastplate of righteousness with pride because he paid a great price for you to wear it. So if you've been battling with the I'm not good enoughs, if you've been battling with, I just can't quite make it, I keep trying to live this Christian life and I just can't quite do it, I'm just not quite good enough, I want to remind you this morning that it's his righteousness. As you say yes to Jesus, as you thank Jesus, as you receive and as you believe and you put on his righteousness this morning, you are covered and you are protected and you are protected from the enemy as you stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ this morning. Okay, next slide, thank you. Okay, this is, oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay, where are we going? Okay, helmet of salvation and sword of the spirit. Okay, scripture tells us, put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, I've been recently looking at um, some discipleship tools and some discipleship resources. Um, Been thinking a lot about discipleship, been thinking about how we read the Bible, how we equip and strengthen people to read the Bible. And it's just really, we know it, don't we? We know as Christians that reading the Bible is good for us. We know that reading his word and taking hold of his word is so vital to our well-being. And yet somehow, sometimes we struggle with it. Somehow, sometimes we place less significance and less priority on it. But the word of God is your protection in your mind. The battle that comes against us in, the, in, in our mind are the lies of the enemy. The helmet of salvation protects us and is our shield. And if you fill your mind with the word of God, you have no room for those lies of the enemy. You have the truth strengthening in your heart and your mind. And the sword of the spirit is, is our weapon. Okay, it's, it's to be used when the enemy comes against you. Well, Jesus illustrated this when he was in the, in the desert and he was tempted by the enemy. Sons of my eyes, I'm going to move sides. So Jesus, was, Jesus was, was tempted by the enemy and the enemy came against him and said, um, make these stones turn into bread. And how did Jesus come against him? It's with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It's by taking the word of God and using it as a weapon to combat that temptation, to resist temptation, to resist the words of the enemy. If you are battling this morning with areas of temptation, you are wrestling in yourself. I want to remind you this morning, read your word, read the word of God, because as you take the word of God, you take the truth, it's not through, I've got to try harder, I've got to try harder, I must keep trying. It's you take the word of God and you say, it is written and you stand on the word of God and the power of God. He is your weapon this morning as the enemy comes against you. And you can wield your sword against the enemy and stand strong and stand firm as you trust him. Okay, shield of faith. How easily we get caught up in ourselves. How easily we get caught up in how we feel and how we're dealing with things. But again, he has given us everything we need to protect. And he, ne- he has given you a shield of faith this morning. And that faith can be risen up. That faith can be held up as the enemy comes against you. And you can stand. And, you know, the, the shields, they weren't just a defensive thing to stand against going this way and protecting. But sometimes the shield was used to push forward. As the army was facing clash to clash, the shield would be used to push and to push and to push forward. Your shield of faith this morning, it's not your faith, it's God's faith imparted to you. And He wants to impart and release faith into your heart this morning. He wants to enable you to stand firm so that you can come against the enemy. And of course, as we say, the enemy, we're always talking about the spiritual, the spiritual end. We are not talking about people. God is heart of compassion towards people. God's heart is love. And it says, we are not battling against flesh and blood. You may be in a situation in your workplace where you're wrestling and maybe your boss is treating you unfairly or there's pressure and it feels like it's a person. It's coming f- through a person. But your, f- your battle this morning is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is against the spiritual powers behind that. And we fight our fights Not with our effort, no, our human striving, but with a shield of faith, standing strong and trusting as God gives you his word. As God helps you stand strong as you battle and march forward. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move on to feet fitted with readiness, whichever order that was in. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay, so so Paul says, let me read this verse. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Um, and it's quite interesting because he talks about all these weapons and then he talks about feet a bit differently, doesn't he? And I, and I sort of tried, struggled sometimes to understand what that means, feet fitted with readiness. When you look at Roman um, soldiers' footwear, you've actually got... Sh- sh- those uh, sandals. I mean, you know, we <laughs> could do something a bit more secure you'd think, than, than something slippy. But these sandals have bits on the bottom of them, a little bit like football... What do you call those things? Yes. Thank you. Studs on the bottom of the football shoes. Thank you. <laughs> OK. And actually, we need so they help you to stand strong. If you've got just normal sandals on a slippy floor and something goes to push you, you slide... OK, and you slip around and you slide. Well, actually, these feet are fitted with studs and they're fitted and that helps you to grip your feet. That helps you to stand whatever the enemy is coming against you. That helps you. You imagine that they're fighting a battle and there's mud and there's things to climb and you need something strong to get your feet into and you need your feet secure and strong in the, in the ground. And these studded shoes would hold them fast So what does it mean, feet fitted with readiness, that comes from the gospel of peace? It's the gospel of peace is the message that we share. It's the gospel of peace that is our motivation, that we have peace with God, the incredible good news that we have peace with God, and that we are at peace with him because of the price that Jesus paid, that we have peace in our hearts between our relationship with us and God. But not only do we have peace with God, we have the peace of God. And it's, again, a beautiful, perhaps, irony that it's the peace of God that enables us to go to war in battle. It's the peace of God that enables us to step into darkness. It's the peace of God that enables us to march forward in the face of confrontation. Because when we have God's peace in our heart, it gives us strength. When we have God's peace in our heart, it protects us. When we have God's peace in our heart, it motivates us to move forward, to go forward in Him. Philippians 4, verse 7 says, The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Psalm 119, verse 65 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. It's as we walk in his peace that we are able to move forward. And as Dave shared last week, we wrestle sometimes with inactivity because of the what-ifs. But it's the peace of God active in us that helps us to overcome all those things that would paralyze us from going forward into his purposes. It's the peace of God that enables us to step out and to have courage and to step forward in him. Isaiah 54 verse 10 says... Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor will my covenant of peace be removed from you. God wants to give peace to those that don't yet know him. We live in the covenant of peace, peace with God. And it's that peace that we want to release to others and to bring to others. And it says we walk in his peace, we walk in his grace, we walk in his armour, that we step forward and go forward in him. Hebrews 13.20 says, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The peace. Jesus had peace in all times, didn't he? Jesus came against every opposition. We will never face the level of opposition Jesus did. Jesus faced the full force of hell coming against him. And he faced the full force of mankind striving against him, pressurising him. And yet, he maintained his peace with God. And he maintained peace at all times. When his life was under threat, he was at peace. When the enemy was accusing him, he was at peace. When he was on the cross, paying the price for our sin, suffering for our sin, but he carried the peace and released the peace of heaven to you and I. So we carry the peace of God and it's the peace of God that, we, that gives us that strength. So I want to encourage you this morning, as we go forward, as we think about what God's got in store for you, the things that we're thinking about, what, um, whether it's your heart is to reach the lost, whether your heart is to reach broken people, whether your heart is to preach the gospel, whether your heart is to see victory, whatever your needs this morning, you may have a family situation, a battle that you're facing, I want to remind you this morning that there is peace in the midst of the battle. There is peace in the midst of the battle. You can stand in the middle of a war and know the peace of heaven released to you. You can stand in the middle of a battle and know the peace of God being released to your hearts. So I just want to encourage you this morning as we go forward, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power as we go forward and press forward in him. He has great things in store. He has victories in store for you and I. He has many souls in this town that are going to be reached as we reach out and as we stand firm in his armour. So I'm just going to close in prayer. Father God, we just celebrate your goodness and we thank you. We thank you that you are the all-sufficient one. We thank you, Lord, that you you have equipped us with everything we need for life and for godliness. You have equipped us for everything we need when we stand in the battle. You have equipped us for everything we need to see your kingdom advance here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this morning, Father God, that we will carry, we will put on the armour of God, that we will stand firm and, and stand firm on your word as we trust you. Father God, let your breath breathe in us this morning. I pray, Father, for those this morning who are in the battle. I pray, Father God, that the peace of heaven will guard their heart and their mind in the name of Jesus. I pray for the release of your supernatural peace over hearts and minds and lives this morning in the name of Jesus. And we pray again, Lord, over Northampton today, we pray your kingdom come your will be done. We pray for the harvest this morning, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray for the lost souls, Lord, for the prodigals, for those that haven't yet heard of your love, those that haven't yet heard of your goodness. We pray over them today in the name of Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray, Lord, that we will see a harvest of lives come to know you in the name of Jesus. Amen.